Welcome to the Accrescent Podcast. I'm Leanne, and I'm so excited that you are tuning in to my Release 2020 podcast series. This is a series of short interviews with people from all walks of life sharing their experience with COVID-19 during this year 2020. I'll be asking each guest questions like, what was the hardest part of COVID for you? Did you notice that you had higher levels of stress, anxiety, or even depression? In those moments of heightened stress or anxiety or depression, how did you notice your behavior or thought processes changed? What were things that made that stress worse? And what were things that made it better? Did you learn anything new about yourself? And going forward, what can you shift or adjust or pivot to have a better response in the future. There are no right or wrong answers in this series, and this is in no way meant to say that there is a right or wrong response to dealing with COVID. In fact, the goal and mission of this series is just the opposite. It's just to highlight each person's unique experience with this. Throughout the entire year, I have been hearing people, friends, family, people on social media saying things like, I just want to forget 2020, I want to pretend like it didn't happen, and to me, I have learned so much about how repressed emotions over time can really manifest as physical disease and really just linger and create this festering unease or dis-ease within the body. And so I wanted to do something to encourage people not to just forget 2020 and pretend like it never happened, but rather to take a pause and acknowledge whatever the feelings were that came up this year. And I know it's hard, it's easier said than done, but I think if each of us can, to even some extent, bring up the feelings, acknowledge them, process them a little bit, learn what we can from them, and then release them. And so that's why the series is called Release 2020. I think all any of us can do in any given moment is respond to the best of our ability. And so many of us may have felt like we didn't respond the way we wanted to this year or like we lost time. And again, the messaging of this series isn't, well, you should have done this, but rather the messaging is just, okay, all any of us can do is look at how we responded and say, do I want to continue to respond in that way going forward? Or do do I want to make some shifts so that I can respond in a different way? Whether it's to COVID or some other type of very stress-inducing incident that comes in the future. So I think this is a beautiful opportunity for us to learn more about ourselves, how we deal with stress, what are the things that cause stress or anxiety or depression for us, What do we do when those moments happen? And how can we put things in place going forward so that maybe we respond to it in a better way in the future? And you guys know I love my challenges or the magnetic moments that I give you. And so the challenge in this series is to, for the rest of December, keep a piece of paper and just start by writing down all the negatives from 2020. Anything painful, And as December continues on, continue adding to that piece of paper anytime something comes up. And then on New Year's Eve, at the end of the year, we all together virtually will take that piece of paper of all the negatives from 2020 
and physically burn it on New Year's Eve right before 2021. So I hope you'll jump on board with that. I hope listening to these interviews inspires you to think about these questions for yourself. And I think it can create just a beautiful ripple effect of if your partner or your children see you making that list of the negatives of 2020 and processing it, learning from it, and then releasing it, hopefully it inspires them to do the same thing. Lastly, if you do find this series thought-provoking, helpful, inspiring, please consider sharing an episode or two with a loved one. You guys sharing these episodes really is the biggest way that people discover my podcast. And so it means so, so much to have your support in that way and see it in that way. If you do listen, consider taking a screenshot, throwing it up on social media and tagging me. It absolutely fills my heart with joy to see you guys listening, hear your feedback and your responses. So please tag me in something, send me a direct message on Instagram. I always include my social media links and my website in the show notes where you can find me. And with that, please enjoy this Release 2020 podcast series. Well, Ellie Rome, welcome back to the Accrescent Podcast. Thank you so much, Leanne. I'm excited to be back. Yes. For anyone who's just tuning in, you can listen to my interview with Ellie. And we were talking all about emotional eating, especially during the holidays, sugar addiction. I'll make sure I link that in the show notes. And I was also on Ellie's podcast. So we've developed quite a fun little relationship here. And so I'll link both of those in the show notes. But Ellie, I'm so excited to have you on today to just dive into your personal experience with COVID. But can you give us a little bit of a, you know, set the tone, set the stage for us? Where do you live? What's your profession, age? Yeah, absolutely. So I am 29 female. I live in, I live in Austin, Texas and I am yeah, a health and emotional eating coach. So I work for myself. So before COVID I was working remotely. Mm, okay. Yeah. So what, if you had to boil it down to one thing and there may be more and we'll dive into those too, but if you had to boil it down to one thing, what was the biggest way that you felt COVID affected you personally? I think the biggest way COVID affected me personally was really forcing me to be with myself. Um, I live alone, so I'm single. And so there was so much time by myself that I had been, I had prior to COVID, I had kind of new to Austin. So I've been here for a year and a half, but at the time I had been here for like six months when COVID hit. And so I was doing like tons of meetup groups, like constantly trying to, be out and forcing myself to be social, like wanting to meet friends here. And so it just kind of like put a huge halt in that. And it was so good and needed. Um, I was just, yeah, I was kind of like on a hamster wheel. And so it was like, it gave me an, a kind of a, an out to just be like, you don't have to go do any of that. Like you can just be here. Yeah. Wow. That is really interesting. I, I love all the different experiences people are having because it's, you just really can't imagine what any one person is going through, but what a interesting experience to have where you're basically to this area. And so you don't have a lot of friends close by that you could maybe like go on a socially distanced walk with or something like that. But so walk us through like your initial response. Initially when that happened, you could spend time, you couldn't go out. Were you, did you notice you were 
more stressed? Did you get anxiety? Did you get some depression? What was that like? Yeah. So honestly, when it hit, I had just moved into a new apartment. So it was kind of, that gave me a lot of, that kind of like took my mind off of things a lot. Cause I was just like setting up a new apartment, like had this new place, even though all the amenities were that I was so excited about were closed. Like I got moved in. But, um, uh, I think what really helped me too, is I had, I lead these group 21 day resets online. And so I had a group like starting, I think it was like Mar- the very end of March. And that honestly, I think saved me to, I just had some, so much purpose. Like whenever I leave these resets, it's like every day I have a, like, I have, yeah, routine schedule. Like I know what my tasks are. I'm like supporting all these people. Um, I'm being the positive motivation for them. And I think for me being able to be in that energy, that's like where I thrive. And so it's mm-hmm. like all these other people having a lot of anxiety and stress. It was like, I got to use my gifts to help them through that. And we would meditate every day. We were, everyone was working out together. It was like, we had community, um, even though external, I mean, it was an online community, but it was just like so nice to have. So, and I did ended up doing two in a row because people wanted to keep going and it was like still, we were in lockdown. So it was just like, um, so I did basically like 44 or 42 days. (laughs) reset. Um, so that, I guess, I I don't know if that answered your question, but in the beginning, that's like, gave me, like got me through that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, when you weren't doing those resets, did you notice that you started to have a hard time with it? Yes, for sure. So once things slowed down and um, I coach one-on-one, but it just doesn't fill my day like a reset does. Um, which I had a lot of, of kind of like, just unease and like, what do I do with like, and just, yeah, lots of unease and uncertainty. And that's when thoughts like started creeping up. Fear starts creeping up for me around all areas of life, money, relationships. Like, it's just like, Oh, downtime. You like your face, all this stuff. Yeah. So in those moments and obviously there's no right or wrong answer to this, but in those moments when all these fears start creeping in, what was your initial response? Was it initially like sort of panic, freak out, find a bunch of things to do? Or was it maybe the opposite response of just like, oh my gosh, I'm just so overwhelmed by this. I can't do anything. I feel paralyzed. Yes. I kind of swing both. I kind of like do both. So sometimes I, I tend to, I think more load more on my plate as a distraction, I'm very much like, let me do more, like add more things on. Um, and then, but I do think, yeah, I guess I would say that that's like my tendency. And then what helped a lot was two things right before COVID I learned Vedic meditation. Okay. So that's a, that I don't know if any of your listeners know, it's kind of like transcend or it is transcendental meditation, but it's like the, the root is the Vedic meditation. And so twice a day practice 20 minutes and that helped so much, like just being consistent with that every day um, and then getting outside. So when I'd get stressed or overwhelmed, it would be like there's some trails by my house and so or by my apartment. And so I'd just be out there like every day, just like hiking and just like listening to podcasts, motivational podcasts, like very um, personal growth related. So it was just like it always would – it could get me back in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. I needed it. Mm-hmm. Did it take you some time to 
figure out what to do when that stress or that anxiety hit you? Like, did you have sort of a a month or two of just ups and downs, not sure how to deal with it? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I still have that. I mean, there's times when um, my, as like, you know, my history or if um, anyone listened to that previous episode of my emotional eating. So there's always that, that there's kind of like a tendency there that's just like, we'll just eat. Even if it's healthy food, it's just like, oh, well, we, we can eat right now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so recognizing that that patterning, a lot of that came back and it was just like, but being able to recognize it after like having these tools instilled, but it's just like, they were definitely tested and it was just like recognizing those behaviors, being able to come back to my breath, come like direct that energy into a different, into something different. So it was like, okay, I'm realizing I'm going to the fridge. I don't need to be what's going on for me right now. Can I go on a hike? Can I get outside? Like being outside is absolutely essential for me. Like I, even my apartment has a lot of natural light, but it's just like, if I'm in here too long, I like, I notice my anxiety levels just getting so heightened. And I think I really realized that through this COVID of just how much I'm like, Oh, I haven't been outside today. Like, that's why I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I love that. So it sounds like from what you're saying, two of your defaults, because what, you know, what I've been talking about with each of the people on this series is I think when, for most of us, at least when stress hits us or anxiety hits us or depression, we all have sort of the kind of default things we do when those moments hit. And sometimes even the default things we think. And I shared in another one that for me, when I get really, really stressed or overwhelmed, my default is to isolate myself. (laughs) not talk to anyone. And then the feelings I always have are that I'm just alone. There's no one there for me. I have no support, even though I know none of that is true. But when those things happen, automatically for me, it's like a sign, oh, okay, you're really, really stressed and overwhelmed right now. You know, this isn't necessarily logical thinking. So, but it sounds like from what you're saying, your defaults are when you get super stressed, maybe throw more stuff on the plate so you can kind of maybe drown it out a little bit. And then eating, it sounds like, is one too. Yes, 100%. And did you know, I obviously from previous conversations, you knew emotional eating was a big one, but did you realize the sort of default to add more on your plate? No, I hadn't realized that um, That that's one of my tendencies. And I'm, I'm still, I mean, I still do that a lot. Like I'm currently doing that. Like I'm just... <laughs> Uh, very like I think it's there's a dopamine hit in that for me is that like these new ideas I have and I just act on them but then I really like then I come to and I'm like I've added like I'm trying to start 30 projects like (laughs) slow down like what about the ones that you like where are your your priorities like they they get kind of shuffled because it's just like I I get that dopamine hit of like this new thing this shiny thing Um, yeah oh I totally relate to that a hundred percent and then I'm I really hate to admit it, but I'm sometimes like the master of half finished projects, which it just like, ah, oh, it makes my heart sink even thinking about it. But it's, I think it's the exact same thing of just like, it feels so good to start something. It gives you so much self-esteem and worth and purpose. And then, you know, it sort of fizzles out because maybe you didn't really want to do that. It was just something to do in the moment, you know? Totally. But I, so how are you managing that or going forward, how do you think you could manage that a little bit better? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so it's kind of distinguishing which ones are worth going after. Um, 
and then like not yeah like not having the half finished project so rec like i keep having to come back to like just reminding myself what are my main things that i really want to do so for me right now it's my 21 day resets i have one starting in january um i have i'm building an online course for that reset so it's like don't lose momentum i'm like three quarters of the way done so it's just like come on 20 minutes a day like just do just start because once i just sit down for 20 minutes and i usually keep going but it's like don't lose momentum you're gonna finish this um and then and it's helped because my sister has been helping me just like stay on track so just having that external person too to work with has been really helpful um and then other projects that have helped honestly having someone in it with me um really helps me focus on those specific projects and then yeah i think it's just, it is just that mindfulness awareness piece like oh I'm doing it again. <laughs> like, can we just sit with this impulse? Let's sleep on it. Maybe table it. See if it still feels like it's sparking you tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And it's so interesting because it's like, it's so relatable to the emotional eating or, you know, we all have these things we do sometimes just to numb out. And I think it's easier to feel like it's okay when it's something productive you know, that's a thing that keeps coming up with all these interviews is when Americans feel unproductive, their self-worth, sense of purpose just crumbles. And it's so, for me, really fascinating to see. And again, there's no right or wrong way to go through this, but I think if we're, if we're ever just doing something unconsciously to numb out, I think that's worthy of pausing and saying, okay, what is really driving this? What am I actually craving right now? Even though it, and sometimes it's okay. Like it, it might lead you down a path that ends up creating this amazing project, but I think it still behooves us to really focus in like when there's just an impulse to do something and you're just following it, what is really the motivator behind it? And more often than not, it's, it's that stress or that anxiety if we're just acting on impulse. So. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And I actually just recently found out, I don't know if, do you follow like the Enneagram? Do you like <laughs> I actually don't. So many friends have told me to do this. I have done the Myers-Briggs personality test multiple times. Um, and I think I've done one other, but I haven't done the Enneagram yet. Okay. Yeah. I just recently did it. Um, one of my friends is an Enneagram coach. So she did like a typing session with me and I found out like Enneagram seven, which is like an enthusiast. So very much in this, like makes so much sense with this, like adding things on just like, I just need more, like more, 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 more. And so like one affirmation that I've been using lately that's been helping is just like, I am fulfilled. Like I am whole, I am fulfilled. Like a, that there's not this like lack, there's not this like you need more, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. The void that needs to be filled. Yeah, like you are, I, I am fulfilled. I am, and I'm being taken care of. I guess just like reminding myself of that helps me feel like slow down and just kind of be in the stillness and being like, oh yeah, like I don't have to go do another thing. Like you said, like, so totally find purpose in productivity or like that the worth is built in what I create or what I'm producing and realizing mm -hmm. like that's, oh, like that's, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. When you do that, have you found yourself, like, have you been able to do that in a moment where you're feeling like, okay, I got, I got to do stuff. I got to add stuff on. And then maybe you take a second to meditate. And when you tell yourself I'm fulfilled, do you notice that some of those 
cravings to just get stuff done fade away a little bit? Absolutely. I think for sure. And just the slowing down, I think sometimes it's just that heightened impulse. And so just even just like breath of just like relaxing down and being like, oh, we're okay. <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, breathing through a craving, breathing through a food craving. Yeah. Oh, I think that's, that's so powerful. Now I'm really curious because you said something so powerful at the beginning too, is that you just had so much time with yourself. And I think a lot of people have been experiencing that. And because we do live, I'll speak for Americans, we live in a society of go, go, go. We don't really, we're not taught to appreciate downtime. We're not taught to appreciate time or make time for ourselves. And so I think a lot of people have had an identity crisis, have gone to a place of who am I? What am I? I don't even know what I like to do when I'm not working because I never have time to figure those things out. And so what were some of the things that came up for you? Do you feel like you got to know yourself a little bit better? Oh, absolutely. I think I um, I had been living with two other people in like a small place. And so it was such divine timing that I got to live by myself during this time because it was just like we were in just too small of a space for us three. So it was just realizing how much of a breath I needed by myself was a huge lesson. Um, and then what I learned about myself was, was just how much I do enjoy being by myself, like that I entertain myself. Like I, I'm okay with being alone. Like I really am. And um, I also realized that, but how much I, I am extroverted. Like now, like I've started like six groups in the last like two months just because I love, I love being with people. I just like, it really made me appreciate that much so much more and realize how much I want to, that that's something I want to really focus on moving forward is like facilitating groups and, and um, being just, yeah, being an, an, like encouraging for other people is something I really love to do. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you point out that you're an extrovert because I think there's a huge distinction. I think just in general, by the definition of an extrovert, COVID and this time of quarantine could be much, much harder for you. I'm an introvert. And so in terms of like not being able to see people or do things, I've been a-okay. Like couldn't be happier hanging out, doing my own thing. You know, I'll connect with people on FaceTime and phone calls, but not having to physically go places and do things has actually been a huge sigh of relief for me. But yeah, for the extroverts who literally get their energy from being with people and from that kind of interaction, I can't imagine how hard it would be to just all of a sudden not have any of that. Yeah, I... I guess I maybe like I'm an extroverted introvert or like an introverted extrovert. Like I love being with people and I definitely get energy from them, but like I am, um, I do feel like I'm, I'm okay by myself. If that makes sense. And I do like my alone time and I do recharge that way. But I think there is something that I, if I'm, if I haven't seen people in too long, like I realize that I'm, get I get crazy. Like in my head, <laughs> I feel like I get just like more anxious or more like, build stories and kind of forget that like that stuff is normal. It's almost like I don't realize because I don't have anyone to compare, like to empathize with, if that makes sense. Like, Oh, this is normal. Like, or 
I don't know. I just feel like if I haven't, I remember a couple times like getting so in my head and then finally seeing somebody and it just being completely washed away. And I was like, Oh, I just needed that. I just needed human contact, like human <laughs> interaction. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, did you, you know, it sounds like things like meditation and getting out in nature were really, really big things that helping bring down the stress and the anxiety. But what were some of the things that actually made it worse that you maybe found yourself doing, maybe unconsciously doing that you were like, okay, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Yes, yeah, so I did with both this. I don't watch the news. I don't have a TV. But when I go home, my parents like their TV was on all the time on the news. And I'm just like, I can't listen to this. Um, and then just the same thing with the conversations. It, it's it was hard. Like, because I don't, I'm kind of, I don't listen to it. And I don't mean to, I don't want to like deny it, but just like, I try to keep it out of my like consciousness during the day. Um, but it was hard. A lot of people just wanting to talk about it and it's just like constant, it's just in the air. It's constantly on people's conversations. Um, so that was definitely difficult for sure. And it made it worse to like, then it would be in my head and I could see myself starting to get wrapped in it. Uh huh. Did you have, did you notice any kind of polarity amongst your friend group, amongst your family group about opinions around COVID? Oh, totally. As far as precaution and um, I'm a big proponent of just how much we need to be taking care of ourselves, um, the internal and the diet and like getting in the sun and like how much that's important. Not saying that masks and other things, other measures that are taken aren't helpful or non-helpful, but that like we got to like to wear a mask and then to go eat a box of donuts. Like that's, it's like, it's kind of, it can be really frustrating to watch. And so it's just, um, yeah, there was definitely polarity in, in my family, for sure, even, especially with the election going on during this time, too. I know. It really, for me, mm-hmm. and I shared this with someone else on the series, was it really felt like there were only two topics that could be discussed, um, you know, the elections or COVID. And the other thing that I really noticed was there just wasn't a lot, you know, because people weren't going places or doing things they didn't have a lot to share. It was just sort of like, you know, how was your week? Well, good. I just worked from home, (laughs) you know, and it got really depressing being like, okay, there's nothing new to hear. There's nothing new to share. And I think too, for me, it's being a bit of a creator and having my own website and my podcast that helped me so much because there was some newness to bring to the table and say, oh my gosh, I had this amazing interview with this person. And Um, but it was so interesting to see how that really affected other people who maybe they didn't have side projects or things going on. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But in these moments, it really made them feel like, yeah, what, what am I doing with my life? There's nothing new happening. It's just work at home and that's it. Maybe a FaceTime. So it was just so interesting to see how that impacted people. And I was so, so, so grateful that I did have something that I could do from home to fill that time. Totally. And I absolutely agree with that. And then having something new, having stuff to talk about that's unrelated is so helpful. Like uh, I started, I learned some ukulele. I got a bow and arrow. Like, <laughs> and then again, just like podcasts, like just constantly. That was like what I was intaking was like 
personal growth podcasts. Mm -hmm. So learning was a big thing for you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so good. So always, you know, we got to end on a positive note, but (laughs) um, what were some of the highlights of 2020? Yeah, the highlights, um, the, I guess the whole thing with the 21 day reset, like realizing that that's really the direction I want to keep fueling and going um, with the group facilitation. Um, I also, I lead a Wim Hof group here in Austin. It's a, um, we meet every Friday morning and that really took off during COVID surprisingly. I think people were was like the one thing that was like, it's like one group like community thing. And so I think a lot of people just have, it's grown a lot. So that was a really good positive. Um, I have, um, I had a, let's see. Oh, I did. I started working with a therapist the, oh, in 2020. Wow. Okay. And that's been so powerful and, um, just love it. Just ha- creating just having some, I hold a lot of space for a lot of people being a coach. And it was just, it's just so nice to have that, that someone doing the same for me. Um, So it was awesome. It's awesome. It's been awesome. Um, I feel like a lot of good things have come from 2020. I appreciate my friends so much more. I feel like there's just something that's changed in my brain around like supporting friends. Um, And, you know, it can be, it just like recognizing like the power of, of giving in a sense that whether you like giving to somebody with with no expectation that they're going to return it and just trust, like, it's just like putting that energy into, to some, giving that to someone, like that's just like bringing more energy into the world. And then it like comes back to you like 20 fold. Yeah. I don't know. A really big theme I've seen. And it's just like, so nice to be able to just like, I don't know, give more this year, I think. Yeah. And especially for you, it, I love how much you talk about your community. Considering you just moved to a new place, you haven't even been there that long. That's really inspirational for me because I'm not, especially as an introvert, I'm not the best at like going out and finding new friends, even though I'd love to. I've been in Orange County for a couple of years now and don't have like a solid group of friends here. My best friend's in San Diego and, you know, my family's in like Los Angeles, but I love to see that you really made that a priority. And then even in this time of quarantine, you've still been able to develop and nurture those relationships. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I think it's been so fun to just, um, and also be able to connect people. Honestly, like there's a lot of the women that I've connected with here that feel the same way as like they don't, haven't found like their core, like a group there. And so to be able to connect other people together, like even if, like we don't become best friends, but it's like then they can commute, you know, like they may find their people within the groups that we create. So it's just really neat in that way too. Yeah. I love that. Well, Ellie, thank you so, so much for coming on. I can't wait for people to listen to this and hopefully just use it to inspire them to sort of process their 2020 a little bit more and see what it has revealed about them, how they deal with stress and, you know, hopefully use that to create some positive shifts in the future. Yes. Thank you, Leanne, for having me on. And then I have to say, I didn't, I'm not saying it on all of them, but you know about the, the New Year's Eve challenge that we're doing or the opportunity that we're doing. So the challenge is to, or the call is to 
on a piece of paper, just write down all the negatives from 2020. And as December goes on, anytime something comes up, anything that's painful or icky or hard, we're going to write it on a piece of paper. And then New Year's Eve, we're all going to burn those pieces of paper together to release 2020. And obviously it'll be virtually. So hopefully you can, you know, take a video and tag me on Instagram so other people can see it. But the hope is that if you're doing it, whoever you may be with on New Year's Eve might want to join in too. And then it can just be this ripple effect of everyone releasing 2020. That's beautiful. Thank you for telling me about it. Thank you so much again, Ellie. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you.